Happy Friday, everyone. And I am going to start the podcast with a very, very nice review. This is my favorite way to start the podcast whenever I am broadcasting to you. So that's usually Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I know in some countries like the United States, it's actually a Sunday, a Tuesday, and a Thursday. So just because of the time difference. So I am reading a review from Lindy Langner. It reads, This podcast has a practical approach. It addresses real issues in the workplace, experienced by all. It defines and explains the issues at hand and gives guidance based on principles. Principle. What I enjoy about Rika's podcast is that it provides realistic solutions and can be applied by everyone. It does not dictate but illustrates results of your choice, reaction and results. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing to you so far, would you take five minutes and leave me a review? That would really help boost the podcast numbers, but the point of boosting those numbers is really just so that I can get my message out to more people. What's very exciting is that we currently have listeners from 11 different countries, which just is so amazing to me. So we've got Australia, United States, South Africa, New Zealand, Canada, Germany, Democratic Republic of Congo, Spain, France, United Kingdom, and Israel. So if you are those people listening from those countries, I am really just happy to have you here. And it just blows my mind that I am able to reach you in those different countries. So let's, very excited to see if we can, well, if I can get my message out to the world and really God's message, it's not even my message, I'm just an instrument to more countries of the world. So this is very exciting and leaving a review would really help me to get to that point and to get the podcast to get to that point. Now, the other thing that would really, really just help me a lot and would actually mean a lot to me as well is if you would take the time to vote for me in the upcoming Australia Podcast Awards. And I will pop the link in the description below. I've noted that some people have commented that they are unable to see the link. And I think that it depends on what platform you're listening to. It does cut off the, the, the show notes if it's too long. In that case, if you cannot see the link, just go to womenoffaithinleadership.com and I have actually popped the link on the website so you can then navigate directly to the voting page where you can go and vote for my for the podcast. And when you do get on that voting page, you actually have to search Women of Faith in Leadership and then the podcast will come up. You click on that, type in your details and submit. And please do not forget the last step, which is actually to confirm your vote in your email. So I know there's a lot of steps there, but it, I would really greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review and vote. So that is very exciting. Thank you very much. Now in this episode, I'll be running you through the five stages of team development. Let's see if you can identify in which your team is. So stay tuned. As Christian women in leadership, we often find ourselves struggling with the balance between implementing faith-based leadership principles and the worldly perspectives of our colleagues and team members. You once felt passionate about leadership, but have often come up against people with fixed mindsets who are unwilling to change. You feel like giving up and stepping out of your leadership role because is it really worth it? Friend, you're in the right place. Here we're not only going to talk about the challenges, we're going to tackle them head on with a faith-based approach that's both practical and empowering. So, 
If you're ready to transform your leadership journey, to set boundaries that make a real impact, and to create a workplace culture where both you and your team can thrive, then join me in uncovering the strategies, wisdom, and godly guidance that will lead you to success. I'm Rika Whelan, and welcome to the Women of Faith in Leadership podcast. Together, we're going to navigate leadership with faith as our foundation. Let's get started. Grab your coffee or water, keep that notebook and pen handy, and let's jumpstart your leadership. You've just employed a brand new staff member and within a week of them being there, there's trouble. The team is at each other and you simply can't understand why every time when you employ someone new, the team is unsettled and it's tough to manage. Why is it that some teams in your organization can get along so well and constantly meet their goals, but others just cannot seem to do it? It's so frustrating. You're one organization. Everybody has a... Everybody has the same CEO or the same director and the policies and procedures are the same. But why is it that some teams just seem to fare better than others? Well, Bruce Tuckman did some research in the 1960s and he actually published it in 1965. So potentially he did research a bit longer than just in the 60s. But he he published his work and his studies regarding the sta- five stages of team development And it's actually only much later that number five came along. So there was actually only four stages. And I believe it was in 1979, if I remember correctly from the research that I read, that the fifth stage was also then added. So a little bit more research was done. His theory was that every single team goes through these predictable five stages. And he basically, that was his research and his research proved correct. So let's go through these five stages now and let's see um, if you are able to recognize certain teams in your organization, but also potentially your team. If you're a head of a department and um, and you're only overseeing one team, for example, that constantly work together instead of only putting projects together, uh, project teams together, then you might have noticed your team going through these phases as well. Now... I actually have made show notes for this one. I'm very excited. This is the first episode um, that actually has show notes. So I will pop the, sh- the link to the show notes, which is a little bit different from the description. So you've got the description of the podcast, but these are actually downloadable show notes where you can follow along with me on the podcast by actually looking at your show notes. So I'm very excited to have created that for you. And I will make sure that the link is also at the top of the page actually at the top so that it doesn't cut off at the bottom. So you can just go into the description of the podcast now and there'll be a link there. And just fill in your name and your email address and then it'll take you to a page where you can just click on the link and it'll download it for you immediately. So it's very easy. Okay, so I hope that you will pause me now, quickly go and download the show notes and then come back again and we can go through the five phases together. Alternatively, if you're in the car and you can't do that right now, then just go and do it after. Okay, phase one is the forming phase. Now, the forming phase is the very first stage that any team goes through. And so how do we know when does the forming phase commence? Well, it's as easy as 
two things. Number one, when a new team member joins you, or when a new member joins your team, or when a team meet each other for the first time, if, for example, they're brought together for a specific project. So the forming phase commences when it's new. It's all new, whether there's one new person, two new people, or the whole of the group is new. Now, common traits of teams in the forming phase is basically it's that introduction period where everyone is just getting to know each other, everyone's receiving inductions, um, you know, conversations respectful, reserved, and even polite. <laughs> and people are still trying to determine which role that each team member will play, in particular if it's project-based and that hasn't been made clear yet. And each team member wants to improve impress the other team members because they want to show that they've been chosen for this project for a reason and that they're good enough but also if they're brand new if it's a single person that's brand new to the team then they also want to make a good impression so they are respectful reserved and polite now what is the leader's role in this phase so basically during the forming phase uh, you as a leader need to take a more directive role so team members are often unfamiliar with each other and they look to the leader for guidance and structure. So obviously it's not micromanaging them, but it's more giving them those, giving them direction, uh, giving them clear goals, roles, and responsibilities. And again, you should clearly define those goals, roles, and responsibilities with that team. It, it can't just be verbal. It has to be written down as well. Remember, some people have different learning styles and that might be visual, that might be auditory, that might be tactile. So you have to make sure that you deliver it in that manner. And leaders should facilitate introductions and encourage open communication uh, between team members, uh, which will provide a sense of safety and clarity, which is absolutely crucial in this forming stage. Now, the next phase that your team will move into after this kind of introductory phase, the forming phase, is the storming phase. Okay, <laughs> it is it's exactly that. It's that storming. It's, if you think of a, of a bad, bad storm where the wind is just coming in from, from everywhere and it makes me think if the, if the winds are really strong here in Perth, it makes a howling noise and my kids are extremely petrified, you know. So think of that bad storm with the winds and the hail and the, it's just this coming from everywhere. And so basically this is the second phase that your team will go in. And so basically... Uh, when do we know that the storming phase has commenced? Well, <laughs> it's it's quite obvious, you know, the initial excitement has worn off and tempers start to flare in the group. Um, and common traits of a team that is in the storming phase is basically there's disagreements in the group, members want to assert their position in the team. And it's really tough during this time because members, some members even start to resign. Uh, even Sorry, let me say that again. Some members want to resign their jobs or even start, what I wanted to say was members start considering, golly, I can't put my words together today. Okay. <laughs> members start thinking about resigning. That's what I want to say. Um, and they start thinking that it's a mistake that they've joined this company and that this company is just not a good fit for them. And things like, you know, disagreements that should actually be just healthy disagreements or healthy conflicts now are being misconstrued as a toxic work, work environment, I'm being bullied, that person's not nice to me. And it's really very, very common in this phase that people resign their jobs because they just don't think it's a good fit for them. 
So then if that's the case, you should know that as a leader, your um, your direction and whatever you're going to do as a leader is going to be absolutely crucial. So sound leadership is crucial in this phase to help the team navigate through this difficult time. And leaders must be active in managing the conflicts and facilitating productive discussions. So if, you're, if, you, if you start noticing that your team is in this phase, what I would recommend is having 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 a meeting and saying look guys we can see that there's lots of different disagreements some people are still struggling to get along you guys are new to this group but let me tell you that you guys are now officially in the storming phase and this is actually quite normal and a lot of research has been done about that so we need to now find a way to move you guys out of this phase because just know that having healthy conflict and healthy disagreements is okay and it is normal I value all of you and I don't want to lose any one of you. I don't want you to be disheartened by all of this conflict or by any of this conflict. So just please know that I'm here to support you. Come and talk to me. I will help you navigate any or mediate any conflict or any situation that you go through. But just know that you're important to me. And I think if you do something like that, you just really show your team that, number one, you're, you're knowledgeable about leading a team because that's all that they want to know. They're taking your guidance and they want to know that you, they're in, you're in your position for a reason. And remember, if you, um, I, I, I believe I've talked about this before, but John Maxwell's five levels of leadership, maybe I've not talked about that yet, but in John Maxwell is a major leadership guru and he um, has a has a Christian background as well and faith based, but um, he's just got some amazing principle and he's just he's now been announced as the biggest leadership guru in the world. And what what really just blows my mind about him is that he's also faith based and he's making an impact in multiple countries in the world. He actually mentions that in the in one of those five levels, it's important that your team knows and can see. And they'll start following you if they can see what you are doing for the company and then later for them. And so it's actually, if you start supporting them in this phase, then you're, you are actually growing your influence over, well, with your team, because that is what leadership is. According to John Maxwell, he says that leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. So show your support during this time. Foster an environment where disagreements lead to constructive outcomes. I think that's very important. And leaders should encourage open and respectful communication. And I've mentioned this already, mediate conflicts and ensure that all team members' voices are heard. And I think if we can learn to fight fairly, then this phase would actually go by very quickly. But it's unfortunately some teams are just not able to fight fairly. They just don't know how. And I was actually going to share this at the end of the podcast, but I'll mention it now. But I've actually got a course that I've written called Conflict to, From Conflict to Collaboration. And I actually wrote a fighting fairly framework where I teach you how you can teach your team, basically, and yourself in terms of mediation, how you can all fight fairly. And then I go through some mediation tips for you, especially if you've never mediated before. And I know that in some circumstances, some companies will even send you for a mediation course because mediation can be quite tricky, especially if you've, if you've never done it before, if you're a new leader or in, in, for a leader in, um, in a leadership position for the first time, mediation can be very tough. So I will be releasing this online course very soon. It's a self-paced online course from conflict to collaboration. 
And if you're not on my mailing list or in the Facebook group just yet, if you'd like to find out where and when I'll be launching this online course, please get your email address on the mailing list or join the Facebook group so that you can make sure that you find out when I am going to launch this course. Okay, and then obviously you'll be privy to any of the discounts as well that are in there. Okay, so the phase three is then the norming phase. Okay, so how do we know when the storming phase is over and we've now officially moved into the norming phase? Well, the norming phase is interesting because it has traits of both the forming and the storming phase. So basically things start to settle down, team members start solving their conflicts amicably, they start agreeing to disagree, and things return to being respectful towards each other and polite. Because now they've worked through that conflict, and now they kind of just want to move on with the project. They just want to move forward. They, they've done with that agree disagreement now. They're going to agree to disagree. So the politeness and the respect of phase one comes back, but also things start settling down again. Sometimes there might still be a little bit of conflict, but it's actually solved amicably and people just agree to disagree, like I already mentioned. But so common traits of, of a team in the norming phase is that the team starts to work together towards a common goal. So that's your that's really one of your first triggers if, if you start seeing that the team starts working well together, even if there's still some prickly bits in there, but they start to work towards a common goal. The focus moves from personal issues with each other to the actual project at hand or task at hand. And um, you as a leader, your role during this phase basically is that you are going to continue your supportive role. And what's going to be really important is that you encourage, keep on encouraging that collaboration and also recognize the hard work that's being done by the team. I think recognition often goes under the carpet because we, f we think that ugh, these people are adults. They don't need recognition. They're not children. And when I was actually writing this in my show notes or in my, in my planning notes for this episode, I thought, oh, wow, that sounds as if I'm telling them to put a sticker on, you know, say, oh, well done, sticker for you. <laughs> but although that is childish, but the thing is we should never forget that adults also crave recognition. They crave to know when they've done the right thing, that they're on track, and yes, constructive feedback for some for some people are oof, they don't see it as constructive feedback, and they just immediately get defensive. But recognizing their hard work is going to be crucial for you in this phase. See the fact that the team has made strides; they've come on leaps and bounds, and they've moved from the storming phase into the norming phase. And if you show your team that you recognize that they've done that, they're also going to think like wow, okay, we made it, we did it. And what's very interesting that I've noted over my years since I've actually known about this model, and I'm, I'm not actually quite sure how long I've known about this, probably for about 10 years now. And ever since I've known that, and it's so predictable, but what is interesting is I've lost many people due, for, uh, due to resignation during the storming period. And you can actually try and convince them to stay. And, and unfortunately, I... You know, I I made the mistake of convincing one person just too many times. And by the third time, I was like, okay, fool me once, fool me twice. You know, that situation, I'm, I'm, the third time, I'm not going to ask you to stay. If by the third time you want to resign, that's your, you can do it. 
I'm not going to make you stay. Other, because otherwise, they're just going to. She was just going to resent me uh, for keeping her there when she really, obviously, didn't want to be there. But what is very interesting, just to cut my long story short, is that teams who make it through the storming phase come out super strong and close to each other after that storming phase. I have seen it now in the last 10 years. At any team who have fought together will now fight together. And it is amazing if you can just get through that storming phase into the norming phase. But what's interesting when I was doing research, just having a look at the research again before this episode, it's interesting that the, it noted that not a lot of teams get out of the storming phase successfully because they just cannot let go of any of the personal attacks or the conflicts they just too hurt and they and they've made it completely personal and I think that is really tough because we are human beings we have feelings and but the thing is we should it's again it's that perseverance and resilience and I think as leaders if we can take up the opportunity and teach our teams that hey we can we can make it through this it's okay this is predictable many other teams have actually failed in this, but let's be the success story. Let's show them it can be done. Because then after the norming phase, you the team then actually goes into the performing phase. So that's phase four, the performing phase. And this is really when teams start hitting their goals together and the team is fully functioning. And I am 100% sure that you can think of a team that either you've been part of or another team in another department that that just hit their goals and it just felt so frustrated that you couldn't that your team can't be like that or you've been a leader and you can think so i uh, you can think of a team that has reached their goals like that so i uh, when i was uh, overseeing 50 people obviously they were in different departments or well, not departments but they were in different segments basically and so i could see that group hitting goals and getting along. But guess what? They, they did have conflict at some time and they did have things that they have to work through. Um, and then they went into that norming and then the performing phase. And when I started teaching the leaders in particularly, it wasn't part in the beginning, but it ended up being part of my leadership training and my leadership induction whenever I trained new leaders and inducted new leaders into the team. This, is, this was my one number one thing that I taught them was about the five stages of development. And then eventually I started even putting it into the just anybody else who came into the organization, any team member. This was part of their induction because I wanted them to know that things are going to be polite now. But guess what? Unfortunately, next is going to be the storming phase. So just predict it. It's going to happen. But guess what? You can actually move through it. It's normal and you can get through it. So. The common traits of a team in the performing phase is teams understand each other's strengths and weaknesses. They are confident and internally motivated. They can work autonomously without you, basically. And the team really performs well and is an example to others. Now, as a leader, you should provide them the autonomy because they should now be self-sufficient. And this is really why you want all your teams just to go into the performing phase or move into the performing phase, because then you are hands off. So you can still play a vital role in, for example, providing resources and removing any obstacles and then obviously offering support, which go, goes without saying. 
but you should now be focusing on other things. So this is a perfect opportunity for you to start focusing on other things because now this team can move forward autonomously. And then it's going to be very crucial, again, like the previous phase where you just recognize their achievements, make it a big celebration. If they've hit their targets, you know, send out an email recognizing them or whatever the project or uh, achievement might look like. And they should be able to come to you if there's any barriers or if there's any issues for, for any reason. Okay. So then sadly, the last phase is actually the adjourning phase. And the adjourning phase commences when the project comes to an end or a team member leaves the team. So for example, they're moving overseas, they've moved far, too far away and now the job, um, it, it's too far for them to drive. Obviously, people do leave organizations because of bad leaders. So that has come out, you know, pe people don't leave bad workplaces, they leave bad leaders. So if, if a leader has failed them in the forming, storming or norming or even the performing phase, then they will leave because no matter how great their team members are, if there's not a good leader, if the leader is toxic, then people tend to resign. So the last thing is the team has been disbanded. So for, for, for example, the, again, the project has come to an end or the, the department actually has been disbanded altogether or whatever the reason might be. So the adjourning phase starts there. And so common traits of a team in the adjourning phase, and I think this is very important to know, um, is that there's signs of grief and their productivity may decline, their sadness that the project is over or disbelief that the team member is leaving. And really when I, I, I saw it in my team as well when I resigned and when other people resigned their jobs, it was that period of just disbelief. We've worked together for five years. I can't believe you're leaving me. How dare you? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just that that it's a sad phase, um, okay? Some people are happy when other people leave. Let's not beat around the bush. Unfortunately, there are other people who still didn't get along. But what is your role as the leader during this phase? So during this phase, leaders just help their team celebrate their successes. It's a final way of celebrating the team's successes and managing that transition as the team disbands. And then obviously transition the team members to new roles and projects and then provide some closure and support is going to be essential again during this phase. Now you might want to, a good example of how, of how a team can celebrate their successes and get closure is by having an event. So having a farewell event, having a, a celebration night or you know, it could be end of the year uh, staff event where everybody gets a certificate ever for the for their achievements in the project or before somebody leaves and they've been there five years giving them a five-year service five years of service certificate so there's actually many ways that you can turn the adjourning phase really into a celebration phase because it is very sad when someone leaves so yeah, these are the Tuckman's five stages, and I'm just going to go through them again. So phase one was the forming phase. Phase two is the storming phase. Phase three is the norming phase. Phase four is the performing phase. Phase five is the adjourning phase. Now, additionally, in the show notes, I've actually put an extra page in there called navigating the five phases. 
So just a couple of extra tips for you that I'm not going to mention in the podcast, but go and download the show notes. You can go to the description of this podcast and the link will be at the top, but I will also make sure that the link is on womenoffaithinleadership.com under, under show notes. Now, I hope you all have a lovely weekend. We are currently on holiday. We are having lots of fun and I look forward to chatting with you again on Monday. Thanks so much for listening. If this podcast blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is by leaving a review. Your feedback means the world to me and lights me up every single time when I read it. And it makes me want to keep going. So please leave a review and your review will also help other Christian women in leadership find the answers they are looking for. So whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the review section and leave that review. Then head over to womenoffaithinleadership.com and join our free Facebook community and I look forward to engaging with you there.